The stations are a story of murder at the hands of mankind and also a story of gift from the heart of God. Join me as we begin this journey in prayer. Father, open the eyes of our hearts that we may each know what is the hope to which you call all those who come to you in Christ, that we may see the glorious riches that belong to the saints who are hidden safely in Jesus our Lord. Use this journey to tender our hearts to you and prepare us to receive your word. In Christ we pray. Amen. Take a moment to ponder the artist's work at Station One. Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. How would you artistically portray Jesus in the garden? How can you identify with his struggle to face the cup of God's wrath? Pause the audio to reflect. Begin playing again when you are at station two. Matthew 26, verses 47 through 56. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then he came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. 
but all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Consider for a moment the good Judas thought he was doing when he betrayed Jesus. How many times have we disobeyed or taken a shortcut in our walk with God? How have we sold out? Jesus is going to take the cup of suffering and pain, no shortcut for the Messiah. Pause the audio and begin again at station 3. Luke 22, verse 53. When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Luke 22, verses 66 through 71. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief, priest, and scribes, and they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. When you look at the artist's choice of images, what thoughts come to your mind? What feelings do these images evoke? Why did men find Jesus guilty? Why did the Father allow it? Why did Jesus allow himself to be condemned? You may want to take a few moments and pause the audio as you reflect. Locate Station 4 John 18, verse 23 Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Luke 22, verses 63 through 65. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. Matthew 27, verses 27 through 31. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Can you imagine being scourged? Have you ever been mistreated when you were innocent? Have you ever been totally innocent? How is the wrath of God and the wrath of man different? Feel free to pause the audio and take time to reflect on the art, the scripture, and the questions of reflection. Start the audio when you're ready to move to station five. In John 3, 
verses 14 and 15, Jesus explained himself as the truth revealed in metaphor in the Old Testament, saying, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. On the original Good Friday, we see how God worked the metaphor into the greatest reality. John 19, verses 12 through 17. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. We often wear crosses. We place them on many things to proudly proclaim our faith. How different is it for us to wear a cross than it was for Jesus to bear the cross? What does that symbol mean to us? What should it mean? Feel free to pause the audio for a time of reflection. You may want to spend some time journaling or taking notes. Move to the next station. This is Station 6. In John 12, verse 24, Jesus taught, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Luke 23, verses 24 and 25. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. Traditional stations of the cross display Jesus as falling down three times. We don't know from Scripture's direct reference that he fell, but it is plausible, even likely, that he fell in carrying that heavy cross. However, the biblical truth is Jesus is the seed that falls into the ground and bears much fruit in the salvation of the church. Barabbas dying may have been the just penalty for some earthly crime, but Christ dying is the just payment for the sin of the world. How have you seen the falling of the grain that is Jesus bear fruit? How has his sacrifice satisfied God's wrath? Pause the audio and take the time you need to reflect before moving on to the next station. Take a look at Station 7. Luke 23, verses 26 and 27. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. 
Imagine being harshly enlisted to carry a condemned man's cross. Did fear of the Roman soldiers motivate the carrying of the cross? Did compassion for the condemned man motivate carrying the cross? When did Simon of Cyrene realize how impacting the cross of Jesus was? When did you realize it in your life? You may want to pause for a moment between stations 7 and 8. Luke 23, verses 28 through 31. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? If God did not spare His innocent, fruit-bearing, mean, alive, and green from life tree, how much more so will God pour out His wrath on dead branches? How painful is pruning? How have you benefited from God pouring out His wrath on fruitful Jesus? Pause to consider the question, and then move to the next station. Station 9 Luke 23, verse 33 And when they came to the place that is called the Skull, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Matthew 27, verses 45-49 through 49. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. Can you hear the hammer ring? He who knew no sin was made sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How does that reality direct your life today? Pause the audio, reflect on the cross, and then move to station 10. Station 10. As Jesus told his disciples in John 15, verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now Jesus follows through on his teaching. Luke 23, verse 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Matthew 27, verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. The father struck the shepherd. The son gave his life freely. Jesus was murdered at the hands of men. How did Jesus make you his friend? John 1, verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How has his death in your place changed your life? 
you may want to pause the audio for a time of reflection before moving to Station 11. Station 11 Jesus understood the importance of the anointing at Bethany, saying in Matthew 26, verse 12, In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. The preparation became reality fairly soon after on what we call Good Friday. Matthew 27, verses 57 through 60. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. How do you imagine those who rejected and hated Jesus were feeling as this limp, abused, deceased body was taken to burial? How were his followers feeling? What were they thinking? What do you suppose was the scene in heaven at this time? You may want to pause the audio for a time of prayer and reflection. When you are ready, restart the audio and get ready to move to the last location for the final station. Station 12 Indeed, as Jesus said in John 10:11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Yes, because he is good and because he is God, the good shepherd defeats the enemy death. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Hallelujah, he is risen. Jesus has defeated death. He is alive. He is reigning as Lord. The Savior who has redeemed us is the King who commands us. How does this living Lord lead you today? What does it look like to trust and obey Jesus in your life? Take all the time you need. Reflect on this question. Look back through your notes. Ponder God's great love for you. We will provide a few more songs, but this is the final station. Listen if you choose. Pause the audio. Meet with God. Won't you come?
be better than the best we can imagine, right? For the Holy Ghost to come close to us. No other ambition holds a candle to that one. Oh
yours, oh Lord. Yours, yours, oh Lord, is the greatness. Yours, oh Lord, is the greatness. Yours, oh Lord. Yours, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty is yours. The power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty is yours. Yours, oh Lord, is the Yours, oh Lord, is the greatness. Yours, oh Lord. Yours, yours, oh Lord, is the greatness. Yours, oh Lord, is the greatness. Yours, oh Lord. Yours, for all that is in, all that is in.
Welcome to this 